0: Listening to another episode of Guidance with Grace, we are talking about overtraining as it relates to exercise and being physically active this week. And this is actually a very interesting topic because it's kind of almost a part two from what we talked about last week, in the sense that um, if you do. Uh, tend to overwork your body and not get recovery, that can lead to progress plateaus, which leads into overtraining, what that means. I'm sitting next to Don Lobenthal once again. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Um, He is going to be the brains behind all of this. Well, we hope. (laughs) That's that's the goal, at least. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and try to define what overtraining is. What does that mean? How does that affect people?
1: So overtraining, if you look at the the, the definition that the National Strength and Conditioning Association uses, it's the um, exhaustion of a system. And so um, it, overtraining is kind of controversial. You talk to a lot of people, especially in the uh, powerlifting world, and they say that doesn't happen. mm um, but we do know that overtraining is probably largely centered around the central nervous system. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that your brain can become fatigued. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily feel tired. It just means that the the muscles that the brain controls don't function like they should. And so that's a kind of a long-winded definition there.
0: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people might think of it as more of a physical thing Which that is one of the symptoms, which we'll get into in a bit, but it's definitely a big mental game for sure. We were talking about last week about, you know, your motivation, your boredom and workouts. That is a possible sign, right?
1: Absolutely. That's one of the first symptoms you get is a loss of joy for training now Mm -hmm. some of you out there might say i don't have a joy for training to (laughs) begin with um that's the case hang in there it'll it'll finally come around yeah that's what i'm going to tell you right but uh, but yeah um so it it does start mentally but we do have to remember uh, take a simple activity like walking a single gait cycle heel toe back to heel um, requires 200 muscles to function now the brain has no problem with that You go into the gym and you begin to exercise and you're asking the brain to recruit hundreds of millions of uh, motor units, um, thousands upon thousands of synchronized muscle contractions, and there is no computer that exists that can do that. The brain can, but the harder the workout, and this is where um, overtraining or fatigue becomes confusing, the harder the workout, the harder the central nervous system has to work. And so when it is fatigued, what it will do is stop recruiting as much muscle, and that's where people begin to say, I'm losing performance, I, I'm not as strong, I'm getting weak. Mm-hmm. It's essentially, it's the brain not shutting things down, but just not recruiting at the same level uh, due to fatigue.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel like that can be applied to like the philosophy of good and bad days, like I tell my clients all the time, and and I have this as well. But we all have good days. Mm-hmm. You'll go and lift something really, really heavy out of nowhere, and it's like, wow, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I did that. Like I feel great today. And then you'll have days where you try to do that same exact thing, and it's just not going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and strength can fluctuate quite a bit, five to ten percent, depending on the individual per day. Um, cardiovascular capacity can fluctuate quite a bit. And so it it usually is just good and bad days. It's not – I hear people all the time saying, I'm getting weaker. And I'm like, don't panic. You're probably not getting weaker. We just need to do something different or get some better recovery or better um, recovery principles outside the gym. Mm
0: -hmm. And that was one of the things that you kind of had mentioned earlier as we were chatting about the mental side of everything is your ability to recover. Um, Your central nervous system is a a huge – part of your ability to recover. And so I was asking Don, for those of you listening, what does recovery mean? What, how would you define your ability to recover? Is it short term? Is it long term? What does that look like?
1: Uh, the answer is yes, it's both short term and long term. So yeah. naturally, when you work out, you get you develop acute fatigue, which is normal, that's what you want. And then the the idea, uh, best case scenario is you then refuel and rehydrate and recover so you allow the central nervous system to recover Um, you allow your body to get the fuel and nutrients it requires for recovery the problem is and and also the sleep sleep is so vital but the problem is a lot of people don't do that Mm -hmm. Um, they don't get enough sleep they perhaps don't eat right maybe don't hydrate correctly and a lot of times people will sit in front of a computer on social media thinking they're relaxing that social media stimulates the brain tremendously, not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And you actually contribute to central nervous system fatigue that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so weird, but you might have to do something like read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that in the evenings, uh, I've gotten used to reading on the computer. Mm-hmm. and Because um, a lot of times the book will put me to sleep, but the computer I can for some reason read and stay mm-hmm. awake. To, t- to try to help myself relax a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. The light bothers me, and I think that's probably why I fall asleep easier with reading an actual book yeah. as opposed to reading on my phone or something like that. Because I've, I've tried both. Reading a book, <laughs> it's amazing I made it through college, f- makes me fall asleep. <laughs> um, that but explains yeah. a lot, Grace. Right. <laughs> that's why I failed all your classes, right? <laughs> well, you did push-ups pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing. Right. Um. All right. So physical sim- signs and symptoms of... Um, overtraining, we've kind of talked about a little bit, um, but what are some of the main things that you would say that somebody would notice as a physical sign and symptom of overtraining?
1: Probably, um, you know, we talked good and bad days. Uh, you're having a bad day. Maybe you start stringing the bad days together. Mm-hmm. You Physically, you just don't feel like you're as strong. Um, so performance is starting to decline. Um, another... Indication is a higher-than-normal resting heart rate and exercise heart rate. You find mm. yourself um, getting out of breath easier. Um, you're getting fatigued more quickly, and people are like, I don't know what's wrong with me, and a lot of times it could be that fatigue or overtraining. Overtraining, by the way, is a dirty word in some um, areas of the fitness industry. That's why I'm kind of careful with it, but I right, yeah. call it fatigue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when those symptoms occur, especially if you have uh, other psychological or mental systems along with it or symptoms i should say along with it is such as uh, you just don't want to train it actually creates somewhat of an anxiety that means you need something different perhaps better recovery strategies maybe some time off and the the gung-ho fitness enthusiasts hate to take time off it doesn't hurt yeah yeah
0: yeah, uh, one of the notes I have is muscle reactivity, your loss of appetite, possible sleep disorders, and it increased moodiness. I yeah. thought that was interesting, one of the ones that you'd mentioned. Um, so kind of just being irritable, struggling with kind of just mood fluctuation in general, that seems like it's not yourself. Right. That explains a lot about you, Don.
1: Yeah, I've been overtrained for like 40 years now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um but yeah so i mean uh, a lot of this is kind of overlapping with what we were talking about last week but i guess how would you separate the two overall overtraining versus progress plateau is it overtraining leads to that cuz i would personally say that but what would you say
1: yeah so overtraining can definitely lead to a plateau mm-hmm. the other things that might lead to a plateau however are just stagnation you just get bored with Mm -hmm. the program the program is no longer stimulating or overloading the body systems like it should to cause adaptation Mm -hmm. so you've got to change things up that is different from fatigue fatigue is you are definitely starting to have symptoms you need some form of recovery strategy Mm -hmm. plateau is you need some form of change and Mm -hmm. now can change help the overtraining or fatigue yeah certainly we mentioned four-week cycles i like to put the body on four-week cycles where you plan your intensity levels and your exercise variations every four weeks, you get somewhat of a da- deload, and then you start another four-week cycle up, and that that um, prevents you from really plateauing. Um, and if you start to overtrain, then you look at your recovery strategies. Mm-hmm. What's what's causing it?
0: Yeah. So change versus recovery. And that kind of goes right back to that self-care series we did last semester, which seemed like it lasts forever. And it could have gone longer because there are so many different ways that you can think about self-care. It can be as simple as, you know, drinking more water or getting more sleep or something way more involved, which you guys can definitely go back and listen, are all talking about ways to take more time to uh, be mindful about how you feel and take better care of yourself Um, because what we're talking about today with overtraining is definitely the self-care realm Um, and then thinking about if you are having a plateau, it might be something that you just need to change it up. Mm -hmm. And so definitely the two are similar, but definitely to not be confused. Um, So as a lot of you guys are starting to possibly change or start new routines with your overall health and wellness uh, lifestyle. It's definitely important to be proactive with these topics because you don't want to get there and be like, oh, no, now what? And turn into a panic mode mm-hmm. like, or get just defeated and quit, which is what a lot of people end up doing, unfortunately, with New Year's resolutions.
1: Yeah, I think it's six out of every ten. Really? Yeah, it's pretty high. I mean, uh in the fitness industry, if you could if you could keep a 40% retention rate, you were doing pretty good. I know there's facilities that do better than that, but on average in Columbus, uh, the 40% was was not bad. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we would you know, this is the the fitness industry's booming time right now, but come May and June, it changes pretty
0: quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think in this climate um it's kind of hard with with our weather and sunshine and all of those things affecting us significantly and Mm -hmm. i don't think people realize that you were talking about last week with um the whole weather thing and being inside and how that affects our hydration it's affecting our mood and our ability to perform Mm -hmm. in the sense that when it gets warm out people are doing other things because it's always cold year round and so then when it you know, turns back to being cold, we don't want to move because, you know, it's hard to want to go outside when it's cold or.
1: It really is. I mean, people go into somewhat of a hibernation mode. And and the the other thing I tell a lot of individuals who are a little older, um, you know, when you hit your 30s, 40s, and 50s, that is not old, by the way. I'm not saying that. But um, vitamin D, vitamin D is something that Ohioans probably lack. Mm-hmm. And um, I was shocked to find uh, I was going through an annual physical, and my blood results showed a very low vitamin D level, oh yeah, and I started taking vitamin D, and my energy levels came way back up mm-hmm. and so we just don 't see the sun very often, especially in the winter yeah and um, so yeah don 't be afraid to take vitamin d vi- um, on a regular basis.
0: It's actually a really good thing you said that. It kind of ties into one of the episodes with Paula Gallagher. She's uh, somebody who teaches nutrition courses here, and one of the episodes we had relation in relation to micronutrients, all the vitamins and minerals that we take in or should be taking in, one of the things she mentioned was vitamin D. Here in Ohio, and really just in the Midwest, I think we struggle with getting enough vitamin D because when it's cold outside, she was mentioning it. It was just like... Basic, but um, you're always covered up because it's cold. Mm. So literally, your only only skin exposure to getting that vitamin D from the sun is your face, yeah. which is a small surface area compared to the rest of your body, especially during the summer. And I always notice that people's moods are way better in the summer. Yeah, I mean, really once it starts are. to get cold outside, we're bundled up. We're not being outside in general, but then when we are, there's not much to really bring in that sun you know, for our bodies to be able to process. So um, if even if you don't think you have seasonal affective disorder, you know, the chances are you're probably affected at least a little bit by sun exposure and vitamin D in general.
1: Yeah, it's, it's true. And that's, you know, that goes back to that self-care.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Being physically active is definitely one thing that you guys should be doing at some point, even if you're struggling to make it to the gym or you're in kind of one of those low periods, trying to just remain active uh, simple things like if you have a desk job, getting up to stand up, walk around, take a lap. Do something to keep moving because some some small practices like that can kind of get you out of that funk, get you out of feeling un- unmotivated, getting you uh, a little bit more energized, reducing that fatigue. Small steps can definitely um, have big results. Oh, yeah.
1: Small steps make you feel better. And, um, you know, the, like the, the the new saying, sitting is the... S- new smoking oh yeah um sitting is very very bad now oh, granted you can sit down and relax but some people will sit eight ten twelve hours a day literally and that it's is painful. not good i've Pain- done
0: that before yeah and that's not comfortable no <laughs> yeah, not at all my body hurts <laughs> all right guys well if you have more questions definitely let us know we are in Delaware Hall room 083 find us on Facebook we're a CSCC college recreation and wellness and then on Instagram and Twitter we are CSCC underscore CRW thank you so much for listening we really appreciate all of our listeners spread the word we want to help you help yourselves that's all for today I'm Grace I'm Don. And we'll see you in a week.